Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so glad that you are here. But before we get started, I want to ask you all for a favor. So if you will take a screenshot wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your phone, your tablet, your computer, take a screenshot of the episode and post it on your social media. When you do, I would love it if you would tag us here at A God Shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Because the more people that share this, the more people that can realize that there is hope on the other side of whatever it is that they are going through. And it's all of our jobs, I believe, to help build the kingdom. And so the more people that we bring closer to God and recognize his will and his ways for their life, I think the better. So I appreciate your support in that. All right. Well, I am going to read my guest bio and I am excited to get into this conversation. So my guest today holds a bachelor's in Christian education and a master's in counseling. She is a homemaker and spends her time writing, counseling, and engaging in women's ministry. She has struggled with chronic illness for many years and is passionate about sharing how God leads her through this journey. Her heart is to walk alongside others in their suffering and seek God's comfort and hope in the process. When she's not writing, you can find her enjoying the sun, taking walks, playing with her kids, watching soccer, and reading. I want to welcome to the show, Karis Meyer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Karis, before we get started, I want to give a little bit of context to the conversation. So, my ministry and my platform is called The God Shift. And my definition of a God Shift is anytime we ditch disruption or delay in our lives, collide with God's purpose, and move into a greater destiny. And I think that a lot of the believers that I talk to, they know what God has promised them them in their lives, whether it's prosperity, healing, a business, a spouse, a child, but they're frustrated that it hasn't happened yet. And one of the ways that I believe that we can partner with God in actually being able to see the manifestation of his promises in our lives is by us recognizing that as believers that we have authority and then obviously we have to walk in it. But what is your definition, Karis, of kingdom authority? Mm, I love it. Um, I So I, you know, when I think of authority, the first thing I think of is um, when Jesus, you know, his last words to the disciples, when he gave them the great commission, you know, and he says, all authority has been given to me. Now go and make disciples and baptize and teach them. And um, I just think it's so cool that Jesus... The authority that he has, he passes that on to the disciples whom, as believers, that is now our commission to take the authority that that Jesus, you know, has, which is all the authority of God. Um, And and so I I think the umbrella is that for God's glory um, to bring people into the kingdom, we have to use the authority that um, Jesus 
has given us. And we see also like Jesus said some pretty radical things, you know, to his followers. You know, he says, um, like in Luke 10, he says, you know, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You know, nothing shall hurt you. And he sends them out and he says, you know, I give you authority to, to heal diseases and to cast out demons. And um, so I th- I think just, just alone looking at Jesus's ministry and what he passes on to the disciples is, is also what we have received as believers. And, um, and that's, that's a lot like that's so, so we can either choose to live in the natural or we can choose to, to live in the supernatural and take on um, what Jesus has, has given us. And, and that's a big, that's a huge commission that we have. Um, So I think that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, there's so many good scriptures about authority in the New Testament, especially. There's (laughs) so many. And even just dominion. Dominion is mentioned 44 times in the Bible. And like you said, we could pepper spray the audience with all of the scriptures that actually specifically tell us the authority that, that we have. So why do you think so few people either A, recognize that they have it, or B, they don't know how to use it? Why do you think that is? Like we have all these scriptures that tell us what we have the power and authority to do, yet most of us don't know it. And if we do, even if we believe that those scriptures are true, we don't really know how to really walk that out. Why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a great question. And I think, you know, we often live by experience rather than truth, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're not experiencing something, we don't believe it. If we don't see it, you know, even though we say we have faith, we believe, you know, we believe God's word. But when we look at his word and then we look at our lives, I think it's easier to, to, you know, just kind of <laughs> tone down our belief to what we see versus this is what Jesus said. So I'm going to keep praying until I see it, you know, and, and we can, we can, you know, I think our hope can be diminished when we don't see things and then we give up easily. We're like, well, God didn't heal that person one time. So I'm not, I'm not going to pray again, but maybe we have to pray a hundred times, you know? And so I think we just, we give in too easily and and we, we, we believe what we see more than what we don't see. Yeah. I was talking to a, a lady last night. She's actually someone that I'm coaching at the moment. And I asked her, I said, how much of your life do you think you spend in expectation? And she goes, oh, I think I expect a lot. I said, no, you don't. I said, I can tell by your language that you're not really in expectation of what God can do because you're too busy looking at what hasn't happened. So, for example, she's having some issues or a bit of a strained relationship with one of her family members. And, you know, when I'm like, you know, you have to be an expectation that this can get better. But every time I speak with you about something that might, you know, soften the blow or, you know, smooth things over, your response is always what he hasn't done before or what he has done before, what he said or what he hasn't said. And I think it just proves your point that even when we feel like we know what the Bible says and we know what it is that we should be having faith for, if that hasn't been our experience, it actually diminishes the truth of being truth. And I guess that's where, you know, doubt comes in. Yeah. So, Paris, when we look at your own life, right? So, I think you and I are on the exact same page that 
Kingdom authority is the birthright that has been given to us. It says in John 14 and 12, greater works than these shall you do in my name because I'm going with the Father. So to your point, the power and authority has now been given to us. God and Jesus are in heaven. They're not doing anything else, right? Like I've given you the power and authority to exercise it yourself. And so where you, when you look at where you are in your life now and the things that you've had to overcome, can you think of a time that you've actually had to say, no, I have the power and authority to take control of this situation and shift it to a better place. Yeah. You know, I think for me, um, so I have a a kind of broad answer and then a specific answer, but for me, honestly, it is, it is a daily battle of, of faith to, to keep going sometimes, you know, I, as you mentioned, I've, I've lived many years with, with illness, um, and a lot of different diagnosis, um, in and out of hospitals and, and I'm in, I'm in pain and not feeling well a lot of the time. And so for me, you know, to, to get out of bed in the morning with joy and expectancy is, is it it takes a, like, I have to surrender every moment I feel like to God, which, which is, you know, Okay, I know what the enemy is trying to do, but I know who my God is and I know what he can do. And so I think it's it's not necessarily one huge moment, but but for me honestly, it's like an ongoing thing. Um there's been some a, a few specific times where I've been in the hospital and close to death, you know, on feeding tubes and have had to, you know, basically God, God has given me promises in those times that I, that I hold on to for dear life. And I, and I still, I, I still say those promises. One of them is um, from Psalm 118 uh, verse 16, which is, I will not die, but live and declare what God has done. And God gave me that promise. Um, and <clears throat> about five years ago, I was at a place, very, very difficult place, very broken place. Um, and I woke up in the middle, the middle of the night and I just, it was just one of those times I was like, I know God is speaking to me right now. I know he woke me up and he said very clearly, Karis, I want you to start writing. And at the point at that time, I was like, I, I wasn't a writer. I didn't know why I was like, I don't have anything good to write about. My life is in shambles right now. I, you know, but so I put it off for a couple of weeks, you know, just stubbornness. Um, but God just kept pressing on my heart. And so I started writing. Um, I started a Facebook group called Suffering Well, uh, started a blog, and then um, ended up writing, a, getting a book out published this this year. Um, but I would have had no idea, you know, at that time that God wanted to use me in the midst of brokenness, you know, because I think for me, I was thinking, no, it's so much easier when, when you have... Um, you know, if, if you've received a miracle with God, if God has um, blessed you, or if you're on the other side of something to look back and to, to write about it, to share about it. But when you're still in the mess, it's hard to write from a place of vulnerability and brokenness and to still be in it. And that's, you know, that's where I am. But at the same time, I've had so many people share with me, Karis, Thank you for for writing. Thank you for for sharing in a place where you're still in it because a lot of times that's what people want to hear. You know, they don't want to maybe you know sometimes they they need that companionship. You know, and so I think God gave me, you know, gave me that um, 
I would say, you know, that calling and to see how he has used it is, um, is very humbling. Cause I, I, I don't, I did not see that in me. You know, I didn't, I didn't see anything of value that could come from that. And yet, you know, God does what he does. So <laughs> I think the other thing is that sometimes we can believe if we're not already on the other side of the thing that we're not going to be used effectively. Right. So, you know, if I'm still in this middle passage, if you will, how am I going to help somebody else along a journey that I don't feel like I have, you know, completed myself when, like you said, oftentimes that's what people will relate the most to maybe not necessarily what appears to be the polished version. I know one of the things that I try to be very mindful of on this podcast, and we too will do the same thing is making sure that we're really giving practical tips that people can use today, because it's easy for people to look at people like you and myself and say, oh, well, of course, Shane has been able to do that, you know, is able to do this because she's that, you know, of course, Karis is able to do this. She's written a book. She's done all of these, all of these great things. Um, and that's also one of the reasons why I don't edit my podcast. So when children walk in and they're like, mom, you know, I'm like, no, <laughs> I want people to realize that everything is not, is not perfect and it doesn't have to be perfect and God will still use us. And sometimes I think he'll use us because of what we consider to be flaws, not instead of. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) What did you, what would you say you learned during this process? So you say, you know, when I'm going through all these things, I'm, I'm recognizing the value in, in surrendering and really paying attention to what I can see with my spiritual eyes and not necessarily what's in front of me. What did you kind of learn during this entire process? <laughs> That's why I wrote a book. Cause there's so much to say. Um, I, I'll say a, a few things. I think one is that, um, you know, the verse that we always quote, you know, that God is made perfect in our weakness. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And I, I think, you know, it's nice to say it, but when you have to live it, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to, to boast about our weaknesses because we want to show our strengths, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think really um, experiencing the truth of that is, is humbling. And it's also beautiful because God, God gets the glory, right? When we're weak. I mean, that's why he uses the people that he does in the Bible. You know, he, he picks the most unlikely people and, um, because he's the one that receives the glory then. So I think that's one thing is that God, you know, the verses in, in the word are, are true and um, they're trustworthy, but, um, but also just, you know, being in this place of, of humility and that like, God, I don't, I don't understand your ways. Like, I don't, I don't understand why, you know, I prayed, I prayed for one lady who's not a believer and she was healed instantly. And I've been praying for 17 years. You know, people have been praying for me for 17 years and I haven't been healed. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, but God's ways are higher than ours. Right. So, so, so just keeping that, like, yes, God, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep believing, but I'm also going to be fully surrendered and not in, in, in come in humility and say, God, you are God. I'm not. And so I'm going to just going to keep, keep doing what I can do, um, and keep trying to serve you and, um, and not become bitter and despairing, you know, which, which I've been there, you know, I, I've been through, through seasons of that and, and God and his grace 
brings us up again, but, um, but yeah, he, he, he's God and he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. My goodness. And you took the word right out of my mouth when you said grace, because what I, what came to mind when you were saying like, I'm praying for others, they're getting healed, even non-believers, but yet I'm still battling healing. And it it reminds me of, um, I don't remember now if it was Luke or Paul. I think, I think it was Paul, um, you know, when had the thorn in his flesh and like, when are you ever going to remove this? It's like, no, my grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, myself, you know, there, there's a particular ailment that I've had since 2000 and I know four for sure. And it was, you know, it, it'll go away and it'll come back and it'll go away and come back. And now they basically have told me, you know, like there's absolutely nothing that I can do. And of course I prayed about it and I've been to healing services and deliverance services and I've done all the things And you know, people say, well, do communion for 30 days, like literally all the things, right. I speak to it all day, every day, Lord, thank you for my healing. And so the fact that it hasn't happened, I'm like, there's only a couple of things that it, that it can be either it's not the time, the time for it. And he's going to do it when he gets good and ready, or he's not going to do it at all. And his grace is sufficient, (laughs) you know, and that's not always the easiest thing to accept that there, that sometimes our prayers are not answered. And sometimes they are answered and they're just not answered in the way that we think they should be, be answered. Because for many of us, I can't speak for, for you, but for many of us, if God would remove some of the things that are the thorn in our flesh, I'm curious as to whether or not we would continue to seek him like we do when the thorn is in our flesh. So it just goes back to what you said. Like we just absolutely have to remind ourselves that he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're going to pause and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at how we can share some ways with the audience that they can begin to pull some of these things together in their own lives. We'll be right back. episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift inside you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster head to God to access it now all right all right so, Karis, I want to switch from story and theory mode into practical application mode, because I believe that that's where real transformation takes place. when we tell share with people like, how can you get on the other side of this? So, you know, when I think about my message of kingdom authority, like when you really recognize how to operate in your kingdom authority, that's how you really can cause things to shift in your life. And when I look at the subtitle of your book, it says finding strength to endure purpose and pain and hope for tomorrow. So if someone is listening to this episode right now and they're experiencing anything in their life that is troubling them, any form of adversity, it sounds like you're saying that there is a way for us to find strength, for us to endure that, for us to find purpose and hope. So if someone is like, oh God, pick me, like I am in that space, what would be your best tip of what they could do now in order to get closer to that? Mm. So I kind of think of life as 
a battle, not, not in like a morose way, but just kind of like we, we are, we need to be prepared. And, you know, in Ephesians six, it talks about the armor of God, which I think is just a, a beautiful picture of, of how we are to be prepared at all times, you know, with the helm of the salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, gospel issues of peace, the belt of truth and sword of the spirit and the, and the um, shield of faith. And, and I think, you know, I just think it's very basic that like the basic disciplines that, that we, that God calls us to as believers, if we um, would be in them regularly, you know, before, <laughs> I think a lot of times people turn to God when life gets hard, right? So yeah. life gets hard and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I need to read my Bible. I need to pray, you know, but but if if we're already in the routine of reading our Bibles every day, of praying, of, of having a community, of of worshiping, of focusing on Jesus, then when these things hit, it's not going to be as hard. So, um, you know, I I just think that the spiritual disciplines are just so foundational to our faith. You know, so um, you know, just being in the Word on a daily basis, and I I think that takes a very intentional kind of living, right? Because our world is so busy, so distracting. I mean, there's a million things we could do. There's, there's always something calling for our attention. And so for me personally, that means like, you know, getting up before all the kids are awake, um, when it's quiet, you know, having time in the word of God, um, and prayer. Um, and I think too, that what something that, that also I think is really important with that is scripture memory, because it, you know, it says that, that the Holy Spirit as our counselor, as our guide, and in the way that I think the Holy Spirit often uses that is with the scripture that we have memorized and that he can speak to us in those moments in the middle of the night, you know, when we're when we're wake up and we we need that, you know, we need the word or um, and so that's that's just something that has been invaluable for me. Um in places, especially in places where you, where you don't necessarily have the Bible, um, and, and prayer, you know, I mean, it, so again, I know it's very basic, but just in, in a, you know, Paul says that we should be con- praying continually, you know, praying throughout our dr- days, you know, pr- praying, um, with others, you know, cause, cause then Jesus, I mean, Jesus is always with us, but there's a special presence that comes when we pray with other people and there's a power there too. Um, and then, and then worship, you know, I, I love, this is kind of old school, but I love hymns. I absolutely love hymns because they are, they're so rich. They're full of like theological truth. And so many days on my worst days, I will just get the hymn book late, you know, just kneel down and just, and just, you know, sing the hymns, um, because it focuses us back on Jesus, you know, so whether it be praise music, you know, um, or however you want to worship, um, I think that is just another thing where we get our attention off of ourselves, our troubles, and we fix it back on God, because that's really is the best, the best medicine that we can have. One of the things that I was thinking about when you talked about, you know, don't wait until you need them to go find him. I think about our hard drives, like on our computers, most of the stuff that's on our computer, we don't use it all the time, but we go get it when we, you know, when we need it, it's all, it's already there. And I kind of hear you saying like, 
that's how we have to be in our own spiritual lives as well. You know, we need to be prayed up and we need to be sang up and we need to be worshiped, you know, like all of the different things that are key principles. And I don't even want us to diminish the fact that it's basic. Sometimes that's what we need to do is a either go back to the basics or we need to realize that maybe some of the reasons why more advanced strategies like kingdom authority are not working well in our lives because we've actually skipped over some of those foundations. And I think sometimes that's just what we need to do is we need to get back to the foundation and make sure that our tanks are full so that when we have to go to battle, that we're actually, we're, we're actually, we've got our arsenal. Now's not the time to go looking for bullets when we're in battle. You need to already have your spiritual bullets, you know, in your vest, yes. <laughs> if yes. you will. When, you know, so when the battle comes, all I got to do is reach back and grab it. I'm not like, oh, well, where's God? And oh, God, I know I'm having breaks. So let me just play really hard, really fast. And hopefully you'll come in time. You know, like, let's yeah. get in the habit of being intentional about laying the groundwork with some of those those foundational principles. So I think that's great advice. So I want to talk before we wrap up. I want to talk more about the book. So tell us um, who the book is for, why we should buy it and what we can expect the end result to be if we read it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wrote the book without even knowing it was going to be a book. I started writing um, just mostly out of what God was working in me through through my own struggle, through my own suffering and pain and questions. You know, when you're in a when you're in an, any trial, especially when it's ongoing, you know, you, there's a lot of questions that you ask and that you ask God and that you have to struggle through. You have to go back to you know, the basics of like, you know, it is, is, are my prayers going anywhere? Like God, why God, you know, what, what, what do you, what do you say about suffering in the word? And where do I turn when, I, when I can't go anywhere else? And um, so I just, I wrestle with a lot of different um, general things of, you know, it's not, I mean, for me personally, most of mine has been revolved around physical illness and, and, and pain, but it's it's written in such a way where it's any type of suffering, you know, any type of struggle, any type of trial. And I mean, in this world, we're all gonna go through it. So yeah. um count it not strange. Yeah, right, exactly. So yeah, I talk about you know, living, living in um intimate in, like how God brings greater intimacy through affliction. And like you said earlier, sometimes it's because of the the desperation that we feel that we turn to God and it opens up a beautiful relationship that we might not have. And, but a lot of times people turn to other things, you know, and, and instead of God. Um, and then I talked to about just like the living in the, the already not yet of God's kingdom, this tension that we have, like, like, like God has already given us so much. And yet um, it's not brought to fulfillment. You know, we're still living with, with the, the waiting for a lot of things. We're still we're still living in a fallen world, and so how do we live in that tension? You know, what are the, what are the purposes that God works through and in us and for us others in our suffering? You know that 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 maybe maybe like personal sanctification, and maybe you know for the for the sake of of learning compassion and and growing in ministry, because, um, a lot of times it's through our own pain that we are able to minister to other people and have the empathy to love others. Um, so I talk about, you know, unexpected gifts in our pain, 
Um, what does it look like to suffer well? Um, and then I talked to some about how to love someone who is in suffering. Cause sometimes, you know, we have people in our lives who are like, how, how do, how do I, you know, how to reach out to this person? Like, what, what do I do? A lot of people just don't know. And so they just kind of shrink away. And then that person, person feels even more isolated. So, um, yeah, that's just, that's some of it. It's, it's, it's quite a, so some of it, I sprinkle some of my story in there. Um, so it's, it's got some story, but also just a lot of, a lot of scripture, a lot of just working through hard questions. Yeah. So before we tell people where they can find you and where they can find the book, do you have any final words for the audience? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what I've listened to a few of your, of your episodes of a podcast before I came on and just was really blessed. And I think something that you, you have shared and just, I've heard you talk to other people about is just the importance of speaking the truth, you know, speaking aloud, um, the promises of God and, and, because sometimes, uh, like I often say too, we have to speak until we believe yeah. sometimes. And, and I've heard, you know, you share that too. So I just think that our mouths and our minds are so powerful and they impact our entire bodies and they impact other people too. I mean, we have such, you know, when we walk into the room, it's amazing what that presence, how that affects everyone around us. And, um, so, and it really matters what's going on inside of us and what, what's coming out of us. So, yeah, I, I say all the time that our mouths are the most powerful weapon that we have as believers. And it's so important that we make sure that what comes out of our mouths is actually in alignment with what it is that we're believing for and what it is that God has promised us, because we will say what we want and say what God told us. And in the next breath, we will say something that completely cancels out everything that it is that we believed and everything it is that he's told us that we have. And so Mm -hmm. I challenge people to, for the next seven days, watch your mouth. (laughs) And once your awareness has been heightened that we do this is when we really realize like, oh shoot, like you literally have to stop yourself and go, nope, I'm not agreeing. I'm not in agreement with that. I reverse I reverse what I just said, um, because I don't even with the young lady that I was coaching last night, when she told me that she was living in expectation, I rewound the tape, not literally, but I said back to her several things that she had said in the previous Mm -hmm. 15 minutes that she was not even aware of. And I've talked to her multiple times about watching her speech. And I said, even if you are in expectation, which I don't see the evidence of that, the language that's coming out of your mouth proves that you're not in expectation. Mm, so yes, yeah. great, great, great words. So before we get ready to wrap up, Karis, where can they follow you on social media? So um, my Instagram is Karis underscore ashes to beauty. Um, so it's like ashes and then the number two beauty. Um, and then on Facebook, it's just my name, Karis Meyer author. Uh, and then my, my webpage, um, my website is karismeyer.com okay. and that's where you can find the book. The book is also on Amazon. Um, and my blog is also on my website. Perfect. Well, I will make sure that the links to all of that is in the show notes. 
so they don't have to worry about whether or not they're spelling Karis or Meyer correctly. So all yeah. I have to do is just click straight on that. I thank you so much for being here today. I know that our listeners are going to be blessed by this episode. Everyone, thank you for listening to this episode of A God Shift. Please share, and I will see you back here next time. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.